0: you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. of the Lord. I hope you enjoyed last week's message. Um, We are going to do part two today. One service was not enough. God is provoking you on purpose. He is provoking you on purpose purpose, yes, for a purpose, he's provoking you on purpose. He's calling forth that sleeping giant that's with, within you. He's calling forth. See, God called you to produce something that's divine. Something that's awesome. Something that's transformative. Something that's incredible. Something divine. Like inside of you, you have a divine purpose. Is anyone with me this morning? All I need is about two people. All I need is about two. Do I have at least two people here with me this morning? A divine purpose that's inside of you. I get really excited, like I am here for a reason. And I struggle for a reason. Well, that's good. I have a divine purpose inside of me. So God's calling to wake up that sleeping giant. So those dreams that you've been dreaming, that you've been hoping for, they are not dead, it's just sleeping. Wake up, sleeping giant. Wake up, sleeping giant. God's calling forth that sleeping giant. He's provoking you on purpose. He's provoking you on purpose. You have a divine purpose inside of you. I'm so glad that I found my purpose. Can I share my purpose with you? You know what my purpose is? To help you find yours. So I'm walking in my purpose right now. So I'm like relentless. I'm, I work really hard for you to find your purpose. You have a divine purpose. I don't care how you grew up, I don't care what you've been through. God placed a divine purpose inside of you. Yes. Is anyone there? Yes. Is anyone there? A divine purpose. A divine purpose. So no matter what you go through in life. Inside of you is that divine purpose. So I want to talk to you. My encouragement to you today is that the giant that's inside of you is bigger than the one in front of you. The giant that's inside of you is bigger than the one in front of you. See, some things that we go through some things that in front of us keeps us stuck it blocks us from moving forward i'm here to tell you no matter what life is throwing at you the giant that's inside of you it's bigger than the one in front of you yeah. wow that's amen. Good. amen so paul says that we need to have we need to look at life out of two lens two lens right the eternal right and the temporal mm-hmm. so meaning that what we go through is temporary right. but here inside of you is eternal is, in, is anybody there yeah. yes. second Corinthians 418 says so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So don't fix your eyes on problems that we have right now. Fix your eyes on eternal things. I'm not trying to minimize pain because we're going to have pain, but it will only last for a moment. But what's inside of you, how God created you, what he called you to do, the purpose inside of you is eternal. You have an eternal purpose. Amen? That means you're meant to do something. You're meant to do something powerful. You're meant to do something powerful. So all the stuff that you've been going through in life, right, is for a purpose. Some of you have been dealing with family issues for a long time, but God's going to come through. God's going to come through. God, watch how faithful you've been laboring for your family, always dear for you, but you've been consistent, you've been the same, you've been that pillar for your family. He says breakthrough is coming for your family. It's coming for your family. And it's because of your faithfulness. And it's because of your faithfulness. Amen. So some of you are called to lead your family out of the wilderness. Some of you are called to lead your family out of bondage right now, and they're coming with you right now in the name of Jesus. You have that eternal purpose. Something powerful is going to happen in your life for 2019. Wake up, sleeping giant. That eternal purpose is coming out right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that is something to get excited about. You better tell the enemy right now, I am not the same as I was 2018, right? I'm going to fight for this thing. I'm going to fight for this thing because i got some stuff in me. I have a purpose inside of me. And I'm going to use all the purpose that's in me, right, to, to, to walk in victory in 2019. Wake up, sleeping giant. Wake up, sleeping giant. So the things that are in front of us, it's just temporary. Because what Jesus did, he died on a cross for us to walk in victory. So that means what we see in front of us, it's already defeated. We just need to walk in it. We need to use that eternal purpose that's inside of us. So it's the things that we see, it's just temporary. But the unseen is what we need to fix our eyes on. Yep. It's like we keep hyping up 2019, you may say, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I know because it's unseen. <laughs> you don't know what's about to happen. Yeah. So we need to look at life, look at our life out of two limbs. Here and here. You need to say to your situation right now, the giant that's inside of me is bigger than the one in front of me. Come on, repeat that after me. The giant that's inside of me is bigger than the one in front of me. Yes, that's right. That's right, giant killers. That's right, giant killers. The giant that's inside of me is bigger than the one in front of me, if you will, just turn to First uh, Samuel. Wake up, sleeping giant! Wake up, sleeping giant! We're gonna start in verse four, what chapter? chapter one. It'd be nice if I gave you the chapter, right? Just read. <laughs> We're gonna read all of Samuel. Yeah, we all it. It's going to be a long service. <laughs> <laughs> On the day when Elkaniah, El- Elkida, Elkanaya- sorry, sacrificed, he would give portions to P- Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. I mean, these names in the Bible just throw you I mean, I read this thing like a hundred times. I probably said it differently. 50 times, right? (laughs) (laughs) But Hannah, but to Hannah, uh, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And the rival uh, used to provoke her grievously, to um, irate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on. Year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she, was, she, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and, uh, and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Henna rose. Now, Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, "O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor should touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. <laughs> the Bible's funny. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. This verse 16 says, Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Great anxiety and vexation. So this story I'm sure we've read a thousand times, right? So let's just first let's get one thing straight. O- O'Cana had two wives that was not approved by God. Amen. That's not what we that's not what we do here. That is not biblical. That is not a right thing. So guys, let's not try to follow what this example here, some of us say, well, that's Old Testament. We can follow a little Old Testament. No, 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 no. Just because we're reading it, just because it's in the Bible, doesn't mean that God approved. But this, this part, right? Amen. God didn't approve this. You're only, you're only supposed to have one wife, one wife. And I don't know how he did it. <laughs> like, one is... Enough. At times I come home, I don't know who I am married to. It's more than one wife at home. Sometimes every month is more than one wife at home. I don't know who I'm dealing with. Love her to death, but sometimes I have to check in, who are you today? some days, I come home and 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 right, she forgets that she's married to me. I come home, she said, "Why are you here? Who are you? <laughs> Wrong house." <laughs> so I don't know how he did it, right? He had two. Good Lord, Amen. But every year they went up to Shiloh to to serve. To, uh, to worship the, the Lord. And his, his one wife, um, uh, Panaya P- and his wife Hannah, Panaya had, had children, and of course, Hannah, Hannah did not. But, but uh, um, Elkanah, he gave a double portion to Hannah. So he gave a portion to Peniah and to the kids, but he gave a double portion to, to Hannah because, because he loved her more right, and that infuriated uh, Panaya, right? She was upset, and so she was provoking her. She despised Hannah. She despised her. But Hannah had a dilemma. The problem that was in front of her seemed bigger than the one that was inside of her. See, the desire for something that she cannot seem to get And it said that this problem was going on year after year. You know, so we like to rush, like, to the end, right? But if we really focus on what what this actual text is saying, this has been going on for a long time. So she's been waiting for a breakthrough for a long time, right? She's been waiting on God for a very long time. Have you ever been waiting on God for something, and you see others have, and you know know what you see they have, you're destined to have it? Does that make any sense? Do you ever see someone have something that you know you're destined to have? Right? So that, that was Hannah. And I used to wonder, I used to wonder, why did God close Hannah's womb? Like, we know, we know that, oh, not used to that. <laughs> we know that God is a just God. But to me, reading this, it just seems a little unjust, right? So my f- finite cardinal mind, I say, well, why didn't he close Panaya's womb? She was the mean one. She provoked Hannah. I mean, she was just straight up mean. Why didn't he close her womb? Right? I mean, so that's the way my cardinal mind thinks sometimes as I was reading it. Right? I mean, she just provoked her year after year. I mean, what to me will make sense is just that what happened to her. Give Hannah all the kids. She seems like the most stable one. But I noticed there was a, a delay in the blessing. So which mean God was waiting for Hannah. If you notice this happened year after year. So we always skip to the blessing of God blessing her with children and all of that. But he was actually waiting for Hannah to give something. He was actually waiting for her. Are you with me? Yes. See, a trial could bring out the best in you, or it could bring out the worst in you. See, when God provokes you, he's looking for a godly response. But when the enemy provokes you, he's looking for a fleshly response. He thrives off of that. Amen. So, he, so here's, here was the cause of, del- uh, of the delay. In verse 16, it says, do not regard, Hannah talking to Eli, the priest, said, do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For all along, I've been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. So she must have been complaining about her problem all along. She was speaking out of her afflictions. So that means that she was going to God, talking out, or talking to others out of her afflictions. That's not faith talk. That's not faith talk. Are you with me so far? So don't come to God complaining about what you don't have. Why don't you come to him um, praising him for what you do have? So, so all along she was complaining <laughs> about what she does not have, what she do not have, right? So she was talking out of her afflictions, amen? So just like, just like uh, Eli or uh, uh, Kaniah was saying to her, am I, not, am I not worth more than 10 sons? Could you imagine what God is saying? Am I not worth more than what you're asking for? Am I not worth if you never receive any other blessing from me for the rest of your your time? Am I enough for you? Just being God, is being God enough for you? Am I worth more than what you're asking for? That's like a challenging question to me. Am I more than what you're asking for? See, when you complain about your problems, You give your problems permission to afflict you. You give give her permission to stand in your way. So Peniel was just taunting Hannah, was just taunting Hannah, was just taunting Hannah year after year, reminding her every day what she don't have. And so Hannah all along was speaking out of her afflictions, speaking out of her afflictions. So that means that what was in front of her was she allowed it. She gave it permission to taunt her. So what are you going through right now? What are you going through right now? What are you giving permission to right now to afflict you, to afflict you? Are you with me? See, David didn't allow Goliath. So all along, Goliath was standing there afflicting the rest of the soldiers. But David, all, and he said, I'm bigger than this giant that's in front of me. What's inside of me is bigger than this giant that's in front of me. What's inside of me is bigger than the giant that's in front of me. Amen. So he knew because David already proved himself but God, he already knew. He had the faith already to defeat this giant. So he knew that he was bigger than what he saw. He looked at, he looked at Goliath and said, you just temporary. <laughs> you about to die. <laughs> right? This is just a temp- temporary problem. Amen? So all along, Hannah was speaking out of her affliction. Amen? So God doesn't want us... To, to, to respond out of anger. See, we get angry sometimes, it's just what we do with it. He doesn't want us to respond out of anger. Amen? Because then you give permission, you give anger permission to afflict you. Because then you walk in that anger. It's tough. It takes a lot of energy to wake up angry every day, yeah. frustrated every day. It's like a workout. Right. Because you got to fix your face. Right. Your face got to look a certain way. Right. And you got to get you got to come up with a lot of energy. Right. To just yell. And to, I mean, just, you know, we get upset and you just like, I don't know, just feel like does your blood pressure go up or whatever. Just like oh! all the time. Like that takes up a lot of energy to be angry all the time. You're given. I mean, that's just an uncomfortable way to live being angry all the time. Being angry all the time. And us as believers, as believers, as Christians, sons and daughters of the living God, everything that we go through should be under the blood. It is under the blood. So don't speak out of anger. I know so many angry Christians. Why are you angry? Why are you angry? We speak out of the anger. Amen. So Hannah and Peniyyah was jealous of one another because Peniyyah um, Elkanah loved her more than he he loved Peniyyah. So she was upset. She was angry. So they both had something that each other wanted. Mm-hmm. Hannah wanted kids. Panaya had it. Um, Panaya wanted uh, to be loved by her husband, but he loved he loved uh, Hannah more. And she loved her. So all along, they both were speaking out of jealousy. See, jealousy can turn life into a competition about who has the best, is the best, and, and can show off the most. That, that attitude doesn't please God. It please the enemy. It's like, yes, sit back and he watch you compete with one another. I mean, we do that. I mean, we, we do that. We just sit back and we watch and um, see each other compete with one another. Being jealous indicates that we are not satisfied what God has given us. We're not satisfied what God has given us. What God has given you. He's given you life. He's given you those special gifts. Amen. He's giving you blessings over the. We, we don't need to compete with one another. So these two were competing with one another as if God won't bless them. As if God loves one more than he, he loves the other. God is not like man. See, God loves, I'm standing up here, doesn't mean that God loves me more. We're all the same. But we all have different cause. We all have different pathways. Amen? Amen. I'm walking in mine right now. I'm encouraging you. I'm trying to pull out that sleeping giant inside of you. But you're just as special as anyone else. You're special to him. He loves you. We don't need to compete to what, what someone else has. Amen? So the Bible tells us that we need to be content. In order to combat jealousy, we uh, combat jealousy, we need to become more like Jesus and, and, and less like ourselves. <laughs> See, the reason why we' are not content is because we're too much like ourselves yeah. and wow. not like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to be more like Jesus. More like Jesus. People twist this word content. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to be content. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to get everything that the Lord has. To me. No, 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 no. But no, content, content, meaning that if God has not, won't give you anything else, you're still, you're still good. And you still love him no, no matter what. I, I love what the Lord has placed in my life. So he, if he don't bless me with anything else, I am content. I'm not going to be looking at someone else's grass, amen, and wishing that I had that. Now, it's okay to want something that someone else has. But you don't have to want to be like them. Mm. It's okay to want things that someone else has. But it shouldn't, it shouldn't cause jealousy. Amen? It shouldn't cause jealousy. See, Elisha wanted what Elijah had. Elisha, yeah, right? Elijah had. Elisha wanted what Elijah had, right? But he wanted more. He wanted a double portion. He said, I want what you have, but I want it two times. Right? So that's, he wanted that anointing. He wanted to, to serve God. He wanted to, to, um, to, to be used by God in a desperate way. Amen? So it's okay to want what someone else has but not want to be like them. Amen? Like God said, God said to um, 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 Joshua that I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you differently than I used Moses, but I will be with you as I was with Moses, but he never told him that he would be with him. He, he would use him like he used Moses. He said, "I will be with you as I was with Moses." So God will be with us as uh, the same as He with everyone else, but it would, He will use us in a different way. Are you with me? Yes. So we just have to channel that jealousy in the right way. It's okay to want something someone else has, but not want to be like them. So we don't want to respond. We get discouraged at times, but we don't want to respond out of discouragement. That's so good. Right? I mean, God entrusts people in our lives. To put, he put people in our lives for a reason. Imagine, as a believer, you may be the closest thing to Jesus to someone. Imagine you're always responding out of discouragement. Hey, how you doing today? Oh, I, I don't know. Um, I know people say God is good, but... I mean, I, I mean, I just need him to show up now. Well, maybe he did, but you're so discouraged you didn't see him. Oh. <laughs> Imagine, like we don't want to go, I think Pastor Pete said this earlier, we don't want to go to God and beg. Like, when you respond out of discouragement, you go to God and you beg. Do you know who you are Whoa, and up. whose you are? Yeah. I mean, going to his throne with boldness and telling God, like, I know because I'm a son, I know what's mine, amen? So you go to God with boldness. I am a son of God, and I know I didn't earn it, and I know I don't deserve it, but God bless me like you, like no other. I am a son, I am a son. I'll just remind you who I am. I am a son, so we don't want to, Go to God and respond to God out of discouragement. Amen? Know who you are. What's inside of you is bigger than what's in front of you. What's inside of you is bigger than what's in front of you. What's in front of you, no matter what it looks like, is only temporary. It's not going to last. last a long time. It's not going to last forever. What's Inside of you is eternal. It's an eternal purpose. You have eternal purpose in your belly. Amen? Yes, it's not gas. It's eternal <laughs> purpose. Yes. Do not respond out of discouragement. <laughs> See, discouragement yes. is... A- a real moment, amen. She must be feeling me, amen. She must... So discouragement is like a heavy weight that bears up our soul and our mind. That's what discouragement, it's like a heavy weight so it's hard to function. It's hard to go on with life if you're walking in discouragement all the time. We will get discouraged. I'm not trying to tell you that you're not going to get discouraged, but it's what you do with it. Like, what do you do with your discouragement? Where do you go? Who do you talk to? It's that heavy weight, and it's hard. It's hard to be excited about God when you're always walking around with discouragement, and you become that. You become that person that's always discouraged. Because discouragement whispers defeat and urges you to give up. To give up. I'm coming to do the opposite today. I'm calling out that sleeping giant that's inside of you. Wake up, sleeping giant. Wake up. Wake up. Amen? So... We have to take back control. Are you with me? Take back control of those things that are in front of us, that's taunting us, that's afflicting us. We must take back control of those nagging thoughts. We need to tell those nagging thoughts in your head to quiet, to quiet. Those nagging thoughts to quiet. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Are you with me? It's a lie. We need to take back control. You, let's, can we take back control? I want you to repeat this after me. Can you repeat this after me? Giants. Giants. I hereby revoke. I hereby revoke in any and all permission. Any and all permission I have ever given you, I have given you to, f- afflict me, to afflict me. Upset, me, upset me. Control me. Control me. I hereby take control. Of my situation, right my situation right now. The giant inside of me, giant inside is, of me is bigger, the bigger than of the one in front of me. The giant inside, of me, the giant inside of me is bigger than the one in front of me. Come on, give God some praise. So something happened to Hannah. Something happened to Hannah. Between going to dinner, every year they went up to, to Charlotte to, to pray, so, they, um, so going to dinner and going to the tabernacle, something happened in between then. She finally surrendered everything over to God everything over to God. Maybe she realized this thing is bigger than me. It's not about me. It's about what God wants to do in my life. Mm -hmm. See, the enemy provoked her to cause her to lose hold (laughs) in God, but the exact opposite happened. Instead of pulling back, she surrendered more. Instead of pulling back, she surrendered more. So no matter what you're going through right now, no matter how much the enemy is provoking you, the best response to the enemy's provocation is to surrender to God more. Because he wants you to pull back. Think about everything that Handa went through being taunted year after year, being reminded of things that she doesn't have. What have you been praying for year after year? And you have not received it yet. And you feel like you're being provoked and being taunted and reminded of the thing that you don't have. And then you have to see other people with it. That's what she's been through. So, But God, the whole time, been waiting for something from Hannah. He'd been waiting for her to surrender, to completely surrender, to completely surrender. She got tired of being miserable. Surrendering to God is not something extra we do. It's the one who belongs to God. So when we surrender to God, we're saying that I belong to you and everything else with it. Amen. So we have to completely surrender. God was waiting for her to completely surrender to him. See, she surrendered to anger, discouragement, jealousy. And then she surrendered it to God. God doesn't want us to surrender to our problems. He wants us to surrender our problems to him. Are you with me? See, when we surrender, there's an impartation that takes place. God will impart wisdom. God will impart joy. God will, will impart just so much love. In you but he cannot impart something that's not surrendered Amen. Wow. it's the impartation that takes place when we are surrendered to him we are completely surrendered to him all of our desires to him we need to completely surrender to him the blessing didn't come until she surrendered uh, what she wanted the most Are you with me? See, when you are provoked, you you are provoked by something, you become what provoked you. Come on. Say that again. When you are provoked by something, you are you 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 are provoked, you become what you what provoked you. I say it more clearly. When you are provoked by something, you become what provoked you. So if you, that's why some people write books, right? Depending on the topic of the book, it's because something in them provoked them, right? Something that God put inside of them that they provoked by when, 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 when someone is going through difficulties. So they write a book, amen? My wife's writing a book on grief, amen? It provoked her, something provoked her to write that book. Other pastors are writing books because something provoked them. You become what provoked you. You become what provoked you. Are you with me? Well, some people can't stand, despise to see people unhealed, see people sick, I should say, see people sick, right? So then they start a healing ministry. God gives them the gift to heal. So they become what provoked them. Are you with me? God is waking up that sleeping giant that's inside of you. God's provoking you on purpose. So the direction that you're going is the the direction, you're going in the direction whatever provoked you. Mm -hmm. I'm standing here today because I was provoked. I was provoked. I want to see a church that loves. Like, no, seriously, when you walk in the church, you, you are loved. When, when people call your house, you are loved. Church folks coming to your house, doing life together. It provoked, because I'd gone into churches, all I seen was religion. I didn't see the gospel. I want to see the gospel in action. Amen? I want to see people walking in their giftings. Amen? Amen? So I was provoked. That's why I'm standing here today. I'm moving in the direction of the thing that provoked me. Amen? Amen. Wake up, sleeping giant. Wake up. So God provoked her to surrender everything to him. See, Hannah had a divine purpose inside of her. If her life were not completely surrendered, she she would have never surrendered Samuel. (laughs) Think about the connection. So everything, this whole thing, the end game to this this whole thing, right, was everything pointed to Jesus. Everything pointed to Jesus. Samuel anointed David. David and Jesus' same lineage. So think about that divine purpose that she had in her. So if she would have never surrendered completely to God, she wouldn't have never surrendered Samuel. God would never bless you with anything that you're going to put above him. So he he waited, he waited, he waited, he waited, he waited until that day that she realized I need to be completely surrendered to God. Then that sleeping giant came out of her. And she saw God's provisions. God blessed her not just with one, but just multiple children. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? But she had to be completely surrendered to him. I had to stop and think whether or not I carry my burdens to the Lord first or do I respond out of anger or do I respond out of um, fear or I respond out of jealousy or discouragement or do I run to someone else other than God first I had to realize Do I go to God? Do I carry my burdens first? That's a sign of surrendering. It's who do you go to first? Who do you go to first? What do you need to surrender over to God? What do you need to surrender Could you stand with me? We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you, and have a great rest of the week.